Hi, welcome to Senior Beat. My name is Christine Beatty. I'm the director at the Madison Senior Center, and our co-producer of this program is Tom Frazier, who is very involved in advocacy for older adults in Dane County. So welcome to the show. Welcome, Tom. Thank you, Christine. And welcome to our guest, who is Jean Kalsher. Mm -hmm. Jean Kalsher is the Director of Education and Vision Services for the Wisconsin Council of the Blind and Visually Impaired. Mm -hmm. Did I get that whole moniker? (laughs) Thanks for having us. Well, we're glad to have you here. Tell us a little bit about the uh, the agency, Mm -hmm. Jean, and what it does. Sure. The council has been around for a little over 60 years. 60. Mm-hmm. And our mission is three-pronged. We advocate and legislate for people throughout the state who are blind or visually impaired. We provide education programs for whoever calls and asks. Mm-hmm. And we also provide direct services in and around the Dane County area. Yeah, wonderful. And so our services, we have low vision services, the low vision evaluation. A certified low vision therapist does that. And that's different from an optometrist's exam. It helps people figure out how to maximize any residual vision that they might have Mm -hmm. as a result of their vision loss. Um, And she also does an in-home visits to follow up to make sure people are using any optical aids correctly that she recommends. We have in-home vision services, which is what I do. Mm Kind of go in, talk with people about their daily living activities, ways that they can do things differently. Um, and safety checks, things like that. And, and that, that's primary. I mean, when you're talking mm-hmm. about in-home visits, you're talking about in Dane County area primarily, or do you go out a little further? I go out further. Mm-hmm. Um, I happen to cover five counties for the Office for the Blind, so I actually go from Madison to Platteville. Okay. Um, okay. And those counties along the road, Iowa, Lafayette, Grant, Richland, and Sauk counties. Okay. Give us a contact number because uh, people who are interested will want to find out for sure, sure. about your um, availability. Yeah, and my office number is 608-237-8106. Great. And is there a, um, uh, a uh, Internet connection for your agency that you can tell mm-hmm. us about? The council is at www.wcblind.org. Okay. And on our web page, we have a link to any of our events that people can register for, um, a little bit about our history. Great. We have a very full information and referral R&R section where people can go and find out about different products, um, things like transportation, Hmm. what's available um, for them, things like used equipment that other people might be selling. So lots of different just resources that are available. That are on that Mm -hmm. website. uh, Yep. Um, and we're going to have some fun today, yeah. Tom, with uh, what's, what's some, all this? Yeah, all sorts of apparatus that we're going to learn about, too. Jean's going to help take us through. I, I, I don't think you can pick this up, but this is such a wonderful, lovely little keychain. And you push the button, and it tells you the time. I love that. Is that a <laughs> wonderful? That, that actually is a very... A favorite of, of many older adults, particularly people who wake up during the night. Oh, wonderful. And they can't see the clock. They don't know what time it is. And you're kind of, well, should I just roll over or should, is it almost yeah. time to get up anyway? Yeah. And so a lot of uses with that. <laughs> That's right. 
I was thinking of my husband who likes to flip the light on, which wakes me up, so he can look at his wristwatch. I'm going to get him one. one. Yeah, I think he needs one. (laughs) Wonderful. And lots of different kinds of talking clocks I saw in Mm -hmm. um, bedside clocks and others. Uh, A lot of products are made with a talking option. Uh, So, like, we have talking thermometers, both kitchen thermometers and clinical thermometers, uh, the talking blood pressure cuff, um, a talking pedometer for those who are trying to count their steps, um, and lots of watches, clocks uh, that talk now. Yeah. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. I like these. (laughs) Oh, we have a model today on the show. Great, Mm -hmm. Tom. Tell us about, now, these look lighter than a regular sunglass. Yeah, and they are. And as older adults, we all lose contrast sensitivity as we age a little bit. And so if we wear really dark sunglasses, it makes it difficult for us to see, like, stair heights or if there's just a drop-off. Typically, we might be able to see that change in color, but if we have dark glasses on, we no longer pick up all of those visual cues. Oh, and that's another Mm -hmm. uh, concern Mm -hmm. about falls with the population that we serve. So that makes some sense, Yeah, it's good for older adults to wear a lighter color sunglass. So when you go to get sunglasses, take some pairs where there's natural light, not under fluorescence, Mm -hmm. and um, look at a straight edge, like a light post or the edge of a building. Try on the different colors and different intensity of colors and use and pick the color that keeps your eyes relaxed and allows you to see the best contrast Mm -hmm. between that edge and its background. Interesting. Very Mm -hmm. good. And I also like these. (laughs) These were fun. Little, like, rubber dots. Yep. Tell me about those. Yep. You can just break these apart. I won't do that. They just pull off their backing. Okay. And they're little stick-ons. Oh, I see. Yeah. mm -hmm. And Absolutely. we use those a lot to mark appliances so that you can lead with touch mm-hmm. rather than having to see that start button on your microwave. Okay. And we might also put them on some of the key numbers that a person uses. So at my house, I only use my microwave to reheat food, which is usually around three minutes. And so if I were marking my own microwave, I'd put the dots on three zero and then the start button. Yeah, absolutely. And it just saves time without, you know, having to get out a flashlight or getting up, you know, really close. close to be able to, right. you can just feel it. It's Correct. the tactile. Yep. Using all of your senses is something right. we, we can do better at in uh, we can. everyday yeah. life. Yes. And we'll always need with vision, but yes. this just makes it a little easier yeah. and like on a stove or oven makes it safer so yes. that you know what your setting is. Yeah, wonderful. Now, this one was a surprise. Well, let's go with something that wasn't <laughs> a surprise. A wonderful reading. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it comes with the light. So mm-hmm. I know that um, you and I were talking earlier about being in a conference and having the light poor be lighting. so poor. Yeah. And a lot of times I'll see someone at the senior center sitting reading the paper in a dark space and I'll say, let's get the lights on here. <laughs> you know, older eyes need right. the right. addition. Yeah. But this is wonderful. Not and only yeah. magnifies, but mm-hmm. has the light attached. Yeah, and people with low vision, one of the basic strategies is if you increase the size, you're just projecting a slightly bigger image on the retina 
that your brain might then be able to interpret. Right. Um, and so that's all magnifiers do. They come in lots of different powers, with and without lights. Mm -hmm. uh, some of them are on a stand, so you don't even have to hold them up. So if somebody has tremors or mm -hmm. weak upper extremities, they can still have a magnifier that will work well mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is, this is lightweight and just about mm -hmm. the right size just to read a quick message or something. Wonderful. Yep. Good to take to restaurants to read menus. Oh, and mm -hmm. we all have trouble reading menus in those dark spaces, <laughs> don't we? This was an interesting one and a brand new one to me. It's a little tray, and then it has, um, I, I don't know, a kind of a mesh. Foam shelf liner. Okay, foam shelf liner. And I couldn't quite figure out what to do with that. Yeah. And the tray actually is a recycled object from a frozen food okay. item. Okay. And so the foam shelf liner has just been glued in the bottom. And when you take your pills, if you open up your pill box and put it in your hand, sometimes those pills bounce out of your hand. And if they bounce on the counter, they're then on the floor, never to be found again. And so if they bounce in here, they actually won't bounce. They'll just roll. So they stay contained. Mm -hmm. And they, you can see them because most of the pills that we take are a light color. Yeah. And uh, given the expense of uh, pharmaceuticals in this day and age, we don't need to lose any of those little pills That's running right. around, right? Mm -hmm. And then you were telling me that this same shelf lining can be put on a larger tray or a different mm -hmm. tray, and you can just have something permanently on your countertop. Right. You can set it on your counter, and you can use it like when you're... Uh, cutting or peeling vegetables that would have a high contrast in color. So like a potato would show up much ease, more easily on that black liner than it would on a wooden cutting board. Right, or on a white mm -hmm. countertop. On a white countertop. Excellent. Right. Mm -hmm. And then this little, this, this um, kind of adheres to the mm -hmm. table, which it's supposed to do. And then it has... Uh, here, Tom, have a cup of coffee. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So that's just a simple cup holder. Right. It has the cutouts for where the handle of the cup goes. Yep. It also has a slightly raised edge. Yep, here. So that if anything dribbles out, it's not going to, again, get on the counter and get on the floor. Right. It'll stay within that little tray. Uh -huh. And, of course, there's a couple uh -huh. of storage areas there. So if you like sugar in your coffee, you can put your sugar packets. Put your sugar packets right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it really it's holding it steady, yeah. too, yep. as well. Um, you said that this is manufactured. Yep, this by is a manufactured person. by a person who has macular degeneration. I'll be darned. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for bringing these things. And then finally, we we have the reach for it, the white cane. And um, this is, you know, the standard kind of low vision, letting mm -hmm. the rest of the world know that you may need some yep. additional consideration. The white and red. Yeah. Right. And tell me about how how this works. Well, the council has a white cane program. And so anybody in the state who has low vision um, is eligible for a free white cane through the council. Mm -hmm. um, and we have three different types of canes. This is a standard support cane. Mm -hmm. um, and it's adjustable. Yep, I the see that bottom here. screws in and out. Mm -hmm. uh, the mobility cane that you typically think of with a white person going down the sidewalk who's right. tapping the cane in front of them. That's the second type of free cane. And then the third kind is an ID cane, which is a very lightweight fold-up cane only about 36 inches long, and it's really helpful like if you're traveling. So at the airport, you can pull that out. People know you're going to need some assistance. Mm -hmm. um, you can use it when you're out in a restaurant, again, so that a server would know that you might need help 
Good. With getting the menu read. Wow. And uh, so the canes are, you know, part of one of the services that we provide to the council. Some of these others um, you would pay for. Correct. Most the, of these. The other products, except for the little black recyclable dish, um, came from our Sharper Vision store, okay. which is located over on 754 Williamson Street. Good. And we're there Monday through Friday from 8 to 4.30. Great. And I know that your agency does some really uh, excellent webinars. Mm -hmm. uh, there's some coming up in August and July, I think. Would you just quickly mm -hmm. tell us about those? Sure. In August, we have a webinar on when to stop driving. And okay. so we have a speaker who is coming from... AAA, who is going to come over and talk about how to make that decision, how families can talk with loved ones about making that decision. Okay. Um, hopefully we'll have somebody from DMV who can just give the straight information about when the DMV says you can and cannot drive in the process that their medical review board goes through. And then you've got some wonderful um, class and support mm -hmm. groups for persons for just initially yep. uh, new to vision losses. And, um, and so how can people get more information about those? Okay. The support groups that will help people learn about how to work as a visually impaired person around your home safely. Um, they can just call me and to see about getting themselves registered. Uh, those program, the support group will run about six weeks. It'll okay. be at no cost. We will be having it at the council. Great. And so they can just give me a call at and what's three seven eight one zero six. Wonderful. Let me also give the council's general number. So sure. if you have any questions about the products, the people who answer our phones um, know no all about our okay. products and Good. we have a catalog and all that. So two five five one one six six. Jean, thank is our you. General number. Thank you so much for being with us and bringing over. You you're very close to the senior center, yeah. so you didn't have to carry it too far. Thank That's you. right. Thanks, Christine. Thanks, we'll Tom. see you in a minute. Welcome back to Senior Beat. Um, Tom has brought a special guest for us today, and I'd like to have him introduce uh, our guest. Would you please, Tom? I will. Uh, our special guest is Lynn Green, who's the director of the Dane County Department of Human Services. And uh, Lynn has worked in human services since 1969. And uh, a long time. A long time. <laughs> and a long time uh, since 1972. She was a, became a social worker with Dane County. Oh, my. And yes. since that time, she's held many different positions within the Department of Human Services, but for the last 14 years as, as the director. 
Uh, the department oversees a budget, annual budget of $285.5 million, 646 employees. Wow. So it's a big part of county government. Uh, Lynn has a bachelor's and a master's in social work from the University of Wisconsin. Welcome, Lynn. Thank you. Um, Delighted to be here. It's obviously you've aged me, so I belong on senior <laughs> beach. I have aged you. We, we call that significant experience, Lynn. Thank you. And we I like appreciate that. Okay. the service that you have given to Dane County over mm -hmm. your career. It's it's a long career and it's a good career. And we want to talk today in. about long-term care. There's been mm -hmm. a lot going on in this state. And, and, as well as Dane County, but in the state. And very recently with uh, the governor's budget proposing major overhaul of our long-term care programs in Wisconsin, namely something called Family Care and IRIS, which is a self-direction program for primarily for people with disabilities, but also for some older people who want to self-direct you know, their, their own care. care. They don't right. want just to have somebody providing the care. Um, now, Dane County is one of eight counties that has not been a part of that because we've been phasing it in over the last 16 years. Mm -hmm. um, and now that plan is somewhat on hold because recently the, the department, the state, withdrew their plan because they didn't have the votes for it, it looks like, in the legislature. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought... Also, this happened, the withdrawal of the plan happened between the time I invited Lynn right. and now. So I thought, well, it still makes sense to talk about what, tell us about long-term care in Dane County mm -hmm. and what you see going forward in Dane County given what is happening at the state yeah. level. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's a long topic in a few minutes, and I feel like I'm talking at least to an expert in the room here, so yeah. don't hesitate to <laughs> jump in. Mm -hmm. But just some, sort of a quick so that everybody knows what long-term care is. Long-term care is the continuum of services, both medical and social services and housing, that are provided to people who have chronic health conditions mm -hmm. that interfere with their ability with some of their daily life functioning. So in Dane County, in my department, what that means is um, we serve in those programs, in our long-term care programs, three populations. People with developmental disabilities, people with physical disabilities, and seniors over the age of 65. And people eligible for our program are low-income people. You're automatically eligible if you're eligible for Medicaid. Mm -hmm. We fund those programs through federal, state, and local dollars. Mm -hmm. It's one of the reasons I've worked into old age is that Dane County is a wonderful place to do human services work. Dane County really cares about the quality yes. of life of all of its citizens yes. and invests local money into, you know, um, adds to federal and state dollars to be sure that, you know, we have good human services. So those are how the programs are funded in our long-term. So the services that people get in our long-term programs can go everywhere from help in uh, paying for assisted living to support services in their own home in the form of personal care, delivered meals, 
uh, transportation to get to groceries and chores and medical appointments. So those are basically the services that are provided. Um, I noticed you didn't mention nursing homes. Um, no. <laughs> now that's interesting because long term, yeah. just a trivia, the long-term care programs were actually started in the late 80s, and the, pers the first program was the Community Options Program called COP, and that was actually a diversion to nursing homes. Right. So that's how they started, yeah. is to help people stay in the community and um, avoid that's having right. to go into institutional care that's right. or nursing so homes. I just wanted to raise that because I think probably a lot of people still think that's what Long-term long -term care, care is, and it couldn't be further from the truth. Right. That's the, right. that is now actually the last resort. And and it and it is a great fear for many older people yeah. that they would Absolutely. be into uh, a facility of some kind. Right. So they want other, to be in their own. Absolutely. Lots of other options Absolutely. Now are yeah. available. Yeah. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. in Dane County, lots of options. We work really hard in every system in the department. Right. To avoid institutionalization and to be sure people can stay in the, the community with support. Yeah. I think people think of that, Tom, long-term care, because people have long-term care insurance, and that's to help you out if you have to go to a nursing home. Right, right. right. I think that's where the confusion is. But it's a huge program in my department. We're talking about $100 million total across the populations that I mentioned. We serve right now over 1,200, uh, 1,800 people in those programs, 1,200 mm -hmm. with developmental disabilities, mm -hmm. and then around 600 that are in the senior category and people with physical disabilities. Mm -hmm. and so you, it's a huge investment. And you are the mandated provider by the federal government, are you not? Um, we are because these are waiver programs that, okay. that the state gets approval from the feds, mm -hmm. and then in Wisconsin, the counties do state-mandated programs. programs. We're one right. of the, another trivia piece here, but Wisconsin is one of 13 remaining states in the United States that actually does county-operated human services. Okay. The rest are state-operated. So many of the things that my department does are um, federally-mandated programs that okay. the state contracts with the county to, to, to operate. To operate. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. So you're right. Hmm. So I think that was a good description of... Well, that's the current doing. status of yeah, what, right. what long-term care is in Dane County. So where do you see the future in Dane County in terms of... I, I mean, we're sort of in limbo now at the state level. We are, yeah. Um, but, you know, we know that we're going to be going and either continuing and expanding what we're doing or moving to a very different structure, right. uh, probably though now not in, well, at least until next year and probably even the year after that, mm -hmm. but right. what do you see Dane County doing yeah. given that? I mean, uh, okay. just sort of sit tight and <laughs> keep your fingers crossed <laughs> or, do what or, we've done. or uh, try to be more proactive about yeah. where you want to go. Well, just two seconds so everybody knows what we're talking about because we live and breathe this, so mm -hmm. we know it. Right. But what family care means is the um, program that I just described that the county operates both with some of our staff but also with a wonderful quality purchase the service community. Sure. We have much of the services we do are done by private, not-for-profit, mostly some-for-profit entities. 
Um, that system would no longer be operated by the county. That's family care. Man family care takes those services um, to the people that I talked about and privatizes them and gives, makes it a managed care capitated service system. So in counties where managed care is, and Tom was right, it's done in every, all but eight other counties in July 1st, Rock County will be, will no longer be doing these services. Mm -hmm. So there'll be seven of us left mm -hmm. that aren't doing it. That will mean that uh, my department will not be operating those services and they'll be overseen by one, two, three uh, managed care organizations that get a capitated rate from the state to oversee these services. So it's a huge shift. Dane County, we have resisted the move to family care and currently are able to do that because the legislation says currently that in order to go into family care, the county board and a county has to pass a resolution asking the state, mm -hmm. saying we want to do it. Yeah. And Dane County has not done that because we believe we run a quality system. It's self-directed. <laughs> we um, really care about our citizens. We run it on low administrative overhead. And um, we take great pride in what we do. Mm -hmm. And so we really have felt in watching the evolution of family care that we were not going to get that kind of system. And, and caring about our consumers, we've, we've resisted. So the answer to your question, given all that, is that I'm afraid we won't be able to resist much longer. We, um, when the state got the waiver to do family care, they told the feds that it would be statewide. So mm -hmm. they, they have to roll it out mm -hmm. statewide. The money that we get, the waiver programs, um, they have to go to the feds to get that waiver, and that expires in 19, in 2018. So. Okay. Um, and then with family care on the horizon, the family 2.0 that you described that now they've pulled back on, that doesn't require the county to volunteer to do it. So the handwriting was on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I would say that probably we'll make it to 2018 with our current programming mm -hmm. the way it is. But sometime in 2018, I think we will end up transitioning it into family care. So I appreciate what, what all the advocates have been doing, both to resist family care, but now to make family care the quality, the new, the new proposed, the new family, proposed care. family care. Yeah. Right. To make but it as best to make as it we as can. As best as we can. And to, to also educate ourselves in terms yes. of what are the shifts going to be and how is exactly. it going to affect the exactly. primary population? Exactly. I think the unfortunate part of this is, you know, there are 55 to 60,000 people on mm -hmm. what we have now, mm -hmm. the Family Care Iris State mm -hmm. Program. Mm -hmm. And those people have been in limbo for the last 16 months because they have no idea what's, what's going, going to happen right. to them. Right. And um, it's kind of ironic, I guess, is that I've always been a fan of family care and, mm -hmm. and would would even like it to be in Dane County, mm -hmm. uh, but but the last 16 months I've been fighting against the new the new one the 2.0 because it's yeah. basically turning it over to national for-profit insurance companies. Right, right. And I think there's a whole lot of us who don't see that as 
being connected mm. to the consumer and being able being to local. Yeah, right. be right. that Caring. local. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we right. should finish by saying, if people have long-term care needs now in Dane County, what should they do? Um, I would say the first call should be to our ADRC. ADRC. Wonderful call ADRC. the ADRC information and referral people. If you walk in, we'll see you immediately. If you call, and I can give that number, it's uh, 240-7400, local area code 608. Call between 8 and 4.30 any workday, Monday through Friday, or walk in mm -hmm. to our site. And um, you, we will assist you in getting connected to any of the current services that we have. And it would be a good way to get hooked up now right. so you're part of the transition. And that, that help is free. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Free to no matter what your income level right. is. Absolutely. Care and quality services free of charge. Yes. Thank you, yes. Lynn Green, for being here. And Tom, for your expertise and advocacy <laughs> over the years. Um, Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. We're glad to see you this month. Come join us again next month on Senior Beat.